1: Hello and welcome to the or 9 podcast. It is Niall and Andrea talking about music on our
2: regular podcast chat. Andrea, how are you? I'm good. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to either match or keep up the energy that you're bringing, but I'm loving, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. Hello, everyone. Yes, I have cut my hair. Um, yeah. there, I can see you all Looks looking. Good. I've, I have cut it. Thank you very much. Yeah. It was nearly to my waist. It is now above my shoulders and I feel like I can run faster and uh feel like a little fancy poodle very good that's, <laughs> a little that's how fancy I'm feeling. poodle, little fancy poodle. she's like had that. it she's i have not attended a hairdresser i very much did it myself and if you could see it you'd you'd know that um, it looks good but it. i just it wanted, looks good it. Good wanted job. to get that out of the way nile said i look like the cartoon version of myself which i i took as a very very high compliment so thank you for that. <laughs> in a good way in a really good way yeah in, a good way. in you're a good like, way you because you're identifiable that's why you know yes. what I mean? You get, it, you get it, Um, So today, what are we doing? Yeah. We're not playing any so, music. <laughs> on this podcast,
1: we, no, we're not playing any music. We're going to talk about, um, I think something, a topic that we kind of avoided for a while because it's so big and so vast and hard to like comprehend in one go, but we're going to try, um, this is all coming from uh, a specific news that's happening in the last uh, week. Um, so we're going to talk about streaming music streaming and the broken record campaign and why this is happening at the moment, what is happening around it, what is the problem with streaming, why are people criticising it, what do they want from, uh, what changes do people want um, and contextualising all the things that are happening in terms of uh, recorded music and releases and uh, money and revenue for artists and the
2: trickle down and whatever happens with artists uh, in terms of money. So <laughs> we'll be kind of mostly talking about Spotify uh, in this episode, but a lot of the uh, spoiler criticisms that will that will be levelled against Spotify uh, also applies to other kind of streaming platforms. It's just a little bit easier to kind of speak about these things in terms of yeah, Spotify. So.
1: Spotify is the big the big streaming service. Obviously. He's the big boy. Um,
2: so we're going to
1: talk about that. So before we delve into deep into that, I'd just like to say. Uh, if you like what we do here and many of you people out there uh, sent us a nice message about the Italo Disco uh, podcast last week. Oh. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, Patreon.com forward slash 909 if you want to support us from a five or a month. It's all there. And we have a lovely Discord where we're having chats with people, as we keep saying. And uh, it's been really Hi nice.
2: Discord.
1: Um, So, yeah, we were talking about best album openers on on Discord, which I might do my own playlist of. I think I actually, mm. actually, have started it already. I've got 50 tracks But it was fun. It was a fun thing to do. I listened to like 50 uh, my favourite album openers last night so I had a really good time doing that. So patreon.com if you want to support that and 999.com otherwise. So okay, the Broken Record campaign, it's in the news at the moment. I'm going to talk a little bit why that is happening. First of all obviously for musicians in the last year like everybody else, there's been a pandemic we haven't been able to play live they haven't been able to do anything in terms of uh, making money and like live is really where musicians make their money and has been in the last 10, 15 years. And uh, with the decline in the CD era, we got, you know, the likes of Napster and all of the uh, illegal download software and all that kind of stuff that ha- that proliferated and uh, Metallica and all that kind of stuff. LimeWire and all those kind of uh, services that weren't uh, licensed. And then Spotify rose um, from uh, the ashes of those illegal download and dodgy like sites and stuff, and became a legitimate platform for people to hear music. And of course, while Spotify is great in terms of its listening and the fact that you can access it very cheaply or for free with ads, it does have issues, and it has long had issues, in terms of how it uh, pays out artists as well. But when you have a situation where artists are no longer making huge money or they can't rely on the income from recorded music because they used to be able to sell CDs or, I mean, violence is doing quite well, but still that requires manufacturing and distribution and all the costs associated with that. Streaming is a digital service and, So the Broken Record campaign is a campaign that was started by Tom Gray, who is, uh, you may know as uh, one of the members of the band Gomez, the Mercury Prize winning band. Um, So he has direct experience in record label deals. And what we're going to start with is really like going back to, you know, this was all been talked about for the last few years but it really because of the lack of income in the last year for musicians it really highlighted just how little streaming returns uh in terms of revenue to the songwriters and artists who uh make that music so tom gray has he started the broken record campaign and the very start of this comes back to one of the main issues at the heart of the campaign goes right back to the heady days of the music business. So we're talking like the 60s and 70s and 50s even, when bands were signed to major labels and given a recoupment deal, which he described as a non-ethical exploitative deal. So what is a recoupment deal? A lot of the time, so what happens is a, a major label will uh, give a contract to an artist saying, we're going to give you an advance of this kind, this amount of money And uh, that is an advance for what comes next, the money you make. Um, So he describes it as a curious form of investment in which an artist has to pay back all the money that is spent on them to their share of the stream or sale. So an artist gives up their intellectual property to uh, copyright to a label to exploit and use. um, But at the same time. What What is supposed to happen is, say an artist gets, say Frank Ocean, whatever. So just pick an artist for. for uh, me, me. Yeah. Andrea Cleary's um, Sad Girl Summer Project gets yeah. 200k, 200,000 euro uh, advance because the label thinks that her Sad Girl Summer songs are going to sell by the bucket load and make them lots of money. <laughs> right. So that's what's Obviously. happened. They, you get 200,000. So what happens is the expectation is that once the artist makes that money back down to 200,000, then they will get earn royalties. But that's mm-hmm. not really what happens, because what really happens is.
2: Because nobody bought my Sad Girl Summer project.
1: So you, a mass, your Sad Girl Summer project is massively successful. Andrea Cleary oh. is clearing up uh, everywhere. But. Amazing. So she's made the money back, but what happens is then all the costs associated with that release, the marketing, the videos, the artwork, the photo shoots, manufacturing, distribution, uh, reissues, March. deluxe versions, all of those will be offset by the advance against the okay. uh, uh, advance that you have been paid. The money you got up front will never really stop um, being owed because they're just piling on the costs on the other side
2: okay right
1: so you're never going to really earn royalties from the advances the money you're basically going you're never going to see anything so else
2: i'll really. i'll only earn royalties once uh my once my label has kind of broken even yeah. on the advance that they gave me and on top of that also the costs associated with everything you just mentioned there like merch and tours and and uh, yeah. uh marketing and, and so on is that is that the case
1: yeah well that's if you're in a 360 deal where they also okay uh, the label also takes a cut of the merch and everything that okay. is non-recorded as well um so sure. generally speaking we know that a million streams doesn't offer much money but typically in these the kind of major label deals an artist has traditionally got about 15 to 20% of the amount returned from a stream. Um, and mm. it's very rare for an artist to get 50-50 uh, from a label. The money that you are earning for the label is always going to be offset against the advance. The, the money that the artist receives up front. This is how they've operated for many, many years, right? They've operated in this way. They give you money up front. They glamour you with, you know, if they take you out for dinner, that, uh, that goes against your advance. That's expenses. That goes against, like, so all of this money, studio time, all those things that they are paying for is going back uh, on your account, essentially, that you're mm-hmm. paying off. Tom Gray has a direct experience of that with his band Gomez talking about signing to a label, getting dropped, and but, like, in the meantime, the label releasing uh, reissues of doing reissues of the versions of the albums. And that was always resetting and going back on their advance. So they never really made any money. Mm. So the main thing now is that because an artist gets such a tiny amount from streaming, if he even gets to that point um, that it's never going to knock off any of that uh, money. It's very obviously a structural problem. Mm. So even when in a time where people are actually spending more money on music in terms of like Spotify subscriptions every month, blah, blah, over across the board, it's still, there's not enough money to go around. and um, There are three big major labels, Universal, Sony and Warner. So a lot of the deals we're talking about are to do with them, but it's not just them, it's also the independent labels as well. One of the problems is, say, for example, here's a good example, right? Drake was the most streamed artist on the planet in 2019 and only a third of his income comes from streaming. So mm-hmm. that tells you how broken the system is because if you're not making enough money, as the most streamed artist on the planet, then something's gotta go wrong. And then you go Mm. right back to a small independent four or five piece band who are splitting the tiny amount that they get back. You're talking about peanuts, right?
2: So Spotify is really not transparent at all about how artists actually get paid per stream. It can depend from artist to artist and it can depend on region, but the general ballpark is between 0.003 and 0.005, not of a dollar, of a cent. So I- it's about
1: a third, a third of a penny or a third of a cent. Yeah. Euro
2: Um And so you'll, you'll need around 250 streams to make a dollar. Um, and... As, as you said, I mean, COVID 19 has obviously um, compounded this issue, um, and physical sales in America have fallen around 23%, according to the Recording Industry Association of America. And then, this obviously on top of revenue from tours, et cetera, streaming revenue has kind of become very much essential for people who are trying to make music um, off, off of, or trying to make money rather, off, off of their music. So, Spotify pays their art- artists monthly from their net revenue collected from ads and premium subscription fees. So if you're not paying for Spotify, the ads that you're listening to are your payment and Spotify will collect money from those people who are paying for ads. If you are paying for Spotify, like I am, like you are, then that money is going to go into a big pool. So when Spotify pays these artists, they tally the total number of streams for each of the artists' songs. They determine who owns each song and then they distribute that money throughout. So the first people that get paid are the rights holders and then it is the distributor uh, which might be the same as the rights holder, but isn't always. And then finally, it's the artists. Um, So Spotify take about 20% of their revenue and they distribute it this way. They keep 30% for themselves because they're a business. And then so that, that 70% goes to the rights holders who then pay artists based on the agreements that they have between one another. In the conversation that we're having here, we're not gonna go into agreements between artists and their rights holders, but that is a conversation that I think is worth having because there's some shady shit going on there as well, but it's beyond the scope of, of this episode, I reckon. According to uh, D- David McCandless, he he figured out that an artist on Spotify would need over 4 million streams per month to earn the US minimum w- monthly wage of $1,160, m- minimum wage. Um, 4 million streams a month. Um and compared to streaming a song, downloading a song is estimated to be around 5.5 times more valuable for an artist than a stream. In August 2016, Music Business Worldwide reported that Spotify started paying producers to create music and place tracks on like kind of highly followed and popular playlists. And the playlisting is a it's is a big issue. I think we might actually come to playlisting in a little while when when w- when I talk about um the listening experience. But to just go back to to the payment model, it is a pro rata model, which means that all of the money is pulled together and distributed between the artists, and that starts with the artists who have the most streams. But you can imagine that this, like it, it, it does sound fair. If you have the most streams, then you should be paid the most. But when you look at big labels who have big catalogs, you know, the big three that you mentioned there, these are people who own the rights to, like, the Beatles music, to Michael Jackson's music, to Led Zeppelin, to, to these artists who are getting week on week, month on month, millions of streams, then it's hard to kind of find the incentive to release your song on Spotify when it's not only competing for space and money against everything else that's released that week and that month but it's also competing against the entire back catalog of music that that Spotify has and you know that that is one of the one of the really big things that Spotify has in its favor from a kind of a UI point of view is that we we will always say like yeah, Yes, streaming has its problems, but isn't it amazing to have the 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 the, the entire history of music at, at at your fingertips? And I think that this this is a this is actually a major problem for for artists when it comes to to getting uh, to getting paid and there doesn't seem to be an indication that spotify intends to change their their model so that maybe new artists or new new releases are are paid from a, in in a kind of a different model or or, for, or from a different area of whatever they're bringing in revenue wise um it's all just kind of lumped in so it does mean then that labels with huge acts in their back catalog are getting a massive massive slice of this pie coming in monthly without even really much of an, extent, an incentive to release new music because because they're just earning money off their old music and then new artists are kind of being left to uh to scramble for 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 what's left over after that which which can be as we said you know fractions a fraction of a cent per play so it is really really Not a good system if you are a new artist. It's a great system if you are a label and you own the rights to music from people who are already dead. And you can just (laughs) pick it all up at the end of every month without having to do anything. So that's roughly how it breaks down.
1: Yeah, the scale of a catalog that um, a label or publisher has means that Mm -hmm. that is the scale model. That's why it works so well. Um, yeah, for the major labels who also have, um, between six and seven percent ownership. I think in Spotify as well, two of the uh, yeah. the uh, Universal and Sony. Yeah, sorry, I did find out uh, that uh, Warner um had sold. I did say they sold one hundred percent their shares for five hundred million. Um. So apparently, over two percent stake. That's not my name. Yeah. Okay, so back to the Broken Record campaign and why it's in the news at the moment. In recent months, Broken Record had led to uh, UK parliamentary inquiries into the economics of streaming, where uh, executives from Spotify, Apple and Amazon were questioned by uh, UK MPs about how streaming works. So if basically people were going, the MPs were really trying to understand the economics of well, how the label system works, how streaming works, all that kind of stuff. Did you watch streaming. any any of the uh, the inquiries at all? They were quite interesting, actually. I don't I can't remember the MPs, but they seemed to show a very decent grasp for how things okay. work, which was interesting as well.
2: It, it wasn't um, like when um, when Mark Zuckerberg was speaking to Congress and they were like, "And what, and what is a like? What? What y- does yeah, that no, mean?" Yeah, no, they weren't.
1: They were a bit more put in than that. Thank fuck.
2: But okay. Long.
1: Yeah, yeah. What is this? has all led to is a 156 British artists have put out a call an open letter calling on the prime minister to put the value of music back in the hands of the music makers a load of people Annie Lennox Chris Martin Paul McCartney Gary Barlow Kate Bush Noel Gallagher Boy George loads of different people um Phil Coulter um all sorts of people uh, Quez uh, Kano Mike Skinner of uh, of the streets we got Yanis uh, from Foles, Hannah Peel um, loads and loads and loads and loads. Thurston Moore's on it. Um, field music, Kate Nash, loads of different people. All signed this letter saying that basically. They are asked, they're calling on um, the Prime Minister to do something about this. It says, for too long, streaming platforms, record labels, and other internet giants have exploited performers and creators without rewarding them fairly. We must put the value of music back where it belongs in the hands of music makers. Uh, Streaming is quickly replacing radio as our main means of music communication, however... The law is not kept up with the pace of technological change and as a result, performers and songwriters do not enjoy the same protections as they do in radio. Today's musicians receive very little income from their performances. Most featured art uh, receive tiny fractions of a US cent per stream and session musicians receive nothing at all. To remedy this, only two words need to change in the 1988 Copyright Designs and Patents Act. This will modernize the law. So they're actually asking for, this is the first step they're asking for uh, rather than trying to Put a the other things I've seen recently is trying to put a sort of a regulator, which also this letter talks about. They need a regulator for streaming and to ensure the lawful and fair treatment of music makers. So that would be uh, a regulatory body that could uh, disallow uh, those exploitative record label deals, which the record label business is is uh, is built on, allow those to exist into the future. Uh, a regulator what's could potentially stop that. They're asking for a 50 50 split. In terms of how this works, in terms of the streaming returns, so rather than fifteen or twenty percent, or whatever it is, and um, that's the really the major thing they're asking this week. But the fact that so many high-profile artists have put their name behind this means that this has really gathered a huge amount of steam in the last six months, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really interesting because obviously the UK is a huge um, music business market and with brexit and all that stuff happening in the mix they will have to now really consider how this works in the future how streaming is going to work how their industry is going to work are people going to be able to go there and play in the same way is it going to have the same attraction so now that they are out of europe they are in a position which funny enough to look at this and see how mm. this could actually affect uh, the music business and the makers of music and um, the letter was backed by the musicians union and the ivers academy collectively representing thousands of tens of thousands of uk performers composers and songwriters the hashtag broken record campaign tom gray started it. you can see his um mr tom gray uh, on twitter is uh, his um handle and uh he got a lot of media attention for this this week, didn't he?
2: he did i I heard him on Six music, I think uh towards the end of last week discussing it, and he's been on a few podcasts around the place as well,
1: yeah, I think he started this about a year ago, and yeah, you know, and I've looked at it a lot, and I think because a lot of the times because it's fact and figures and it's difficult things to understand, even like I've worked a bit with publishers here and there, and you're like, even you have to remind yourself constantly how it works and what it is, and how licensing works, and all that kind of stuff. So he has a pinned, Mr. Tom Gray on Twitter has a pinned um, thread uh, explaining how um, musicians get paid, and royalties, and licenses, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the problem with why the system, as it is in pl- currently in place, and it is exploited by uh, major record labels, still exists, because there's a, it's a, it's not a... It's not a willful ignorance, but it's kind of like an obfuscated, you know, system that kind of, there's not a lot of transparency in it. You don't know how many mm. people, what you don't get to see the, the label deals, you don't get to see artist deals. You don't really know what's happening. So the, the fact now that the UK is asking for is <laughs> equitable remuneration uh, means that they're looking for <laughs> a 50-50 split between labels and artists as opposed to... Um, from streaming services, from streaming revenue, um, so that's that would entail legislation because um, it, they needed to actually ask. The only people that can do that are the politicians themselves, um, and and maybe uh, that is one of the main reasons why the open letter exists. So that is one thing that's happening. The broken record, and at the same time, nearly every day there's an article about from an artist who details their you know, Spotify streaming numbers and their rate and talking about how different it is like we discussed there how it's different per stream. It's different uh, because it's on an ad tier or it's a free tier or a premium or what playlist it's on with passive listening, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, So there was a protest, a series of protests actually called Justice at Spotify where a lot of artists, independent musicians who, uh, you know, have spent a year without live performance income and have really like to galvanize people to do this. They, uh, Uh, commenced a series of protests uh, called Justice at Spotify at the platform's offices around the world. In LA, uh, people including Julia Halter and members of the newly formed Union of Musicians and Allied Workers uh, went to Spotify's office. Um, Julia Halter read out the demands among them, increasing payments to uh, rights holders to just a penny per stream. So for... Context, so we're saying a Spotify stream currently is between 0.003, 03 and zero zero five zero zero five. So we're talking about moving that to 0.01, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So one penny as opposed to a third of a penny or a half of a penny is what could be at the moment. And well, the other yeah a halfpenny so the other thing about that is that you know major labels also have different deals in terms of their rates and what they get back and they probably get more they would do get more than uh, an independent artist who's say putting mu- music up on spotify through distro uh, kid or uh, in a tune core or whatever it is that uh, is that how you service.
2: say that just distro kids is that how you say it i've never said it out loud before
1: i think so yeah
2: yeah, I just I've just never heard it. I I I read it and my brain my brain just goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just skip over it entirely. You know, like when you're reading a fantasy book and you're like, I don't know what anyone's name is. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> but that's
1: yeah. I mean, so that's why there's a lot of things happening. Like in the UK, there's broken record, justice, the Spotify mm. protests, and um, and then the latest development uh, in terms of sh- the streaming world is that. Apple Music have responded to uh, the criticism about streaming and um while they're not as big in terms of uh, the uh, market share um they do their their payouts are usually a bit better because there's no free tier uh, with Apple Music mm. you have to be a paid subscriber um the argument overall is that really streaming is too cheap it's it, like it's too cheap for anyone mm-hmm. to 9.99 to stream any song in the world uh per month is still really no money at all so and that's you know one of the problems it has Spotify itself as a problem in, in terms of how it's set up it is It is not trying to make money and oftentimes Spotify loses money. Um, but mm. what it is trying to do is gain users because in the tech world, that's exactly how, you know, the more users have, the more um, value you have as a company on the stock market, all those kind of things. And that means then that is what dictates um, what, you know, Spotify's value as opposed to yeah. how much. and how much
2: it can grow it's um yeah in, in in the tech world it's not about how valuable you are now it's about how valuable you are projected to be this time next year, this time five years, and what that percentage growth rate is going to be. So it 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 can never stop. It can never stand still, and therefore, it, Spotify and and these these sorts of companies, even both within and outside the mu- the music industry, never have a chance to kind of stand still, take stock, um, or e- even look at things like ethics. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just it's just percentage growth over and over and over and over yeah. again. That's that's all it is.
1: Their Spotify stock price is actually up hundred fifty percent over the last. Last year since the pandemic, as well. So, yeah. but the problem is that the royalty payments have not gone up in kind, as well. If, if anything, yeah. the argument has been that they've got lower. And it's not the case that because you know, there's there's often a criticism that people make is that oh, oh, we've too many artists, so that's why no one's getting like this, there's, there's too many artists looking for a piece of us of the pie. That's not I mean, the case.
2: That- I mean that that is true to an extent but it, it it is not uh Spotify is under absolutely no obligation to pit all of these these artists against each other it, it like the the more and more I, I I read about this the more I can't understand why they can't organize their revenue and and their payouts to uh artists based on whether they're releasing new music whether they're a legacy artist whether they're like or how ha- how much of a monopoly does do the big three labels have is could could there be a system in which there is incentive where smaller labels are incentivized to to come on Spotify where there's they'll maybe make a a little bit extra than than the major labels will there is just absolutely no (laughs) there's there's no evidence that Spotify are even remotely interested in supporting uh, new new artists new music uh, or independent music or a- anything like that. I have an argument to make against Spotify. We, well, we before, we, about...
1: before we get to there, can I just um, finish yeah. the, yeah, uh, the just a bit about the aftermath of all this stuff. Sorry, just I meant to say with Apple Music, they put out an open letter themselves and committed to uh, increasing the average, uh, the stream to one penny per stream yeah. for individual paid plans. So they were committing to that. And then like the other thing is all this like the other things that have angered people in the last couple of years, especially with Spotify, everyone's talked about how Spotify is talking about pity, p- pivoting to an audio platform. So therefore, you know, where it gets your podcasts and you're like, you know, this podcast can be heard on Spotify, for example. Um, But it also, it has acquired production companies who make uh, podcasts like Gimlet and Anchor and um, signed production contracts with like Prince Harry and Meghan, Barack and Michelle Obama, all that kind of stuff. Exclusive Joe, deals, Joe gave Rogan. Gave like a
2: ridiculous amount of money 100 to Joe million, Rogan. hundred so, million apparently. hundred million, So
1: they're willing to pay for talent but you know in terms of getting artists and and joe rogan yeah yeah (laughs) yes um but you know unlike the rights to music you know spotify doesn't own the rights to music but its podcast investment will be their their original content like netflix so that's kind of what Mm. they're hoping to do and then late last year they uh, launched an initiative which had a lot of criticism which was described as a promotional recording royalty rate that you could have a song played automatically after in playlists or in uh, after and in auto auto plays, for example. Mm. A folk kind of like a focus track. Say you have a new release out and you want you listen to twenty tracks on a playlist, and that playlist stops, and then the next song would be yours. To do that, you get a reduced royalty rate. So there was a lot of criticism around that because it's people. A lot of people said it was like the. The 80s, when Paola was uh, in in radio, where people were paying, literally, to get their song on air, and when you have a huge company like Spotify, basically, you know, not to say that people don't listen to Apple Music and Tidal, but... I mean, they don't do into the same level. I mean, they don't listen to Tidal. <laughs> no, Tidal. Yeah, they don't. Sorry. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, <laughs> no one, no one has name. ever
2: used Tidal. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't even know. Oh, it's no, like...
2: sorry. I think, if I remember correctly, I think Craig Fitzpatrick from the No Encore podcast had a thing where he had a Tidal subscription and he kept forgetting to delete it or to cancel it or something. So he's, he's I think, the only person I know who's yeah, ever it's... used Tidal.
1: It looks like one of those dodgy things now that you actually wouldn't be able to get out of. You're just like, I'm stuck paying this forever. (laughs) Um, but But Spotify is the major one. But there has been some other developments recently and they are worth talking about. I mean, as an example in the last year, in terms of positives, we've seen you know for independent music bandcamp friday uh, once a month every every month um since the pandemic started uh, bandcamp has been uh, waiving the revenue that they make um of every sale on the platform uh, waiving it for a whole day uh, once a month and that has really you know enabled artists to make a huge amount of money and way more money than it ever make on Spotify in a year on a their day.
2: first Bandcamp day which uh, I think they announced it on Paddy's day last year and then it was the next Friday uh, when they announced that they were going to waive the waive the fees they they take around 10 to 15% of each sale on on the site so they were wa- waiving that 10 to 15% Our artists on Bandcamp made 4.3 million dollars that Friday which is 15 times more than the revenue that the site makes on, on, on a typical Friday it's unbelievable believable and that and the fact that they've kept it up and they've been doing it I, I don't know if it's monthly but there there have been like semi-regular Bandcamp Fridays um ah. that have that that, that have happened yeah, I've a... always bought something on it um I, 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 as in I haven't actually I think maybe once I bought something on Bandcamp that wasn't on the Bandcamp Friday but now I I make sure to go and check when it is um yeah it's it's and a it, it's a fantastic initiative but yeah. yeah
1: and I would I would I think you know we all got kind of caught up in the same way that like for example record store day people start doing special releases and stuff like this mm. you know I mean I would I would also say to people who are actually w- wanting to support the artists on Bandcamp Friday buy buy their albums buy something that they actually you actually want not like you didn't there's a lot of artists trying to do special Bandcamp Friday releases and that's cool and yeah. all but like don't forget about like the bands that you've been listening to for years that maybe you, you haven't got around to buying something from that is a good way to do it like because it can be quite overwhelming on Bandcamp Friday. it's been so successful that it's actually Bandcamp Fridays are so um they're so successful that uh, it actually means that um people uh, are trying really hard to get their do new releases and stuff like that but actually and that costs money
2: yeah so that costs you, you, you want to make sure that you're you're supporting the artist without also putting a lot of pressure on the artist to create new special shiny things for you do you know what I yeah. mean
1: so it's the first Friday every month. Um, it is May seventh, twenty twenty one, is the next Bank Bankham Friday. Um, <clears throat> separate to that then, SoundCloud, which you know, SoundCloud is a bit of a sad story in my head, like which is maybe a bit unfair, but like it was a huge um discovery platform. I use, it, I still use it, but it really seemed to drop off in terms of usage. It's still used as a as a place um to put new. Uh, tracks, but you know, artists now would go, Oh, will you share my Spotify, not my SoundCloud? Problem with SoundCloud is it got the major labels wanted um, them to pay the licensing issue, uh, pay the huge licensing, and they couldn't really sustain both, um, you know, a new discovery platform and then also have the legitimate uh, major label artists on there without. And so, but they announced last month that. Um, they have rolled out a new revenue model based on fan-powered royalties. So what does that mean? They say they have 175 million users per month. Um um 76 million active monthly users. Um, so this fan-powered royalty structure aims to level the field for independent artists by delivering money the service makes from listeners. So if you you have a you have a subscription to SoundCloud the idea is, and this is the user-centric model that many people want Spotify to go towards, where your 999 is divided up based on what you listen to that month. And that money goes directly to those artists that you listen to, not to Ed Sheeran, not to Drake if you don't listen to Drake, not to whoever else is top of the charts or like at the moment. The money goes directly to the person that you've been listening to. And that's not how this works currently at the moment. I think
2: Spotify. I think a lot of people who use spotify think that that's how it works yeah yeah so, a lot of people think that. yeah that there's works.
1: a fallacy and uh, argument there that people are like yeah yeah stream their music on spotify you hear still hear it yeah. a lot and he's like well, yeah. that's not really stream I mean, folklore
2: yes. yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> taylor swift does not need us to stream folklore she's doing fine she's getting yeah. a big 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 piece of that pie at the end of the month yeah you know so she's she's she'll be okay
1: so that is a good positive example, because it shows, while maybe SoundCloud isn't as big as what, what it could be or should be um, at this point now. It does show that there are um, alternatives to the pool model that's paid out based on its share of total streams as opposed to, you know, a percentage base of, which is a tiny, tiny percentage in the grand scheme of things. Imagine your money... Like actually directly went to the person that uh, you only listen to. It's a simple concept
2: what um, what a concept Okay, so something I'm w- when we talk about the problems with Spotify, I think a lot a, a lot of the conversation is centered around artists. I think rightfully so, but Spotify is also a product that a lot of us pay for or a lot of us pay for via ad ad sales and revenue and and, and so on so i I want to talk about some problems with Spotify from the point of view of the listener um, and the way that Spotify is set up is not something that I believe to be a positive kind of user experience and, and listening experience. The service that Spotify provides for its customers is like a lot, like most of the tech world, different to what we actually per- perceive or understand it to be. I mean, you can kind of think about it. It's it's not as sinister as, as this, but there's there's a kind of a there's a comparison to be made with how we initially kind of went into social media a little bit blind and not truly understanding what it was that we were signing up for. I I think Spotify is is kind of the same. We mentioned there the um the disparity between what we think we're doing, which is paying 9.99 a month to the artists we like and actually What is actually happening? That my nine ninety nine is probably going to Drake and Taylor Swift and nobody else. And Spotify. I mean, if so, if if you take for example, playlisting on Spotify, playlisting on Spotify is based in in some part on on the kind of like the the mixtape model. Not mixtapes that uh, Denise tyler releases, but mixtapes as in like a tape that you would have made for a friend. There, it's recommendations from you to a friend or from a friend to you, burned onto a CD, recorded onto a cassette and passed around as, hey, you you might like this. And, you know, as, as people, we love finding music through recommendations, especially recommendations from a friend, especially recommendations from somebody who knows us and understands our tastes. And I think our understanding of, of the algorithms within Spotify is that, you know, they they will have you believe that your playlists are being curated based on your listening preferences, which is true, but only kind of, it's only partly true. Spotify is not interested in whether or not you discover new music and it is not good at letting you discover new music. It's actually really, really bad at letting you discover new music. It's one and only goal is to keep you on Spotify. It doesn't matter a damn what you listen to, whether you have found your new favorite band or whether you just stream lo-fi beats to chill or relax to for 12 hours in a row, it, it has absolutely no incentive to, to introduce you to new music. And I, the more I kind of engage with and think about the mood section of Spotify, the more kind of freaked out by all of this I go like you see you see these playlists in in the mood section of Spotify that that, that are created and curated to replace radio spots Spotify in the US at least is aiming to be the uh, number one competitor of radio and a lot more people a lot a, a larger percentage of the population listen to the radio in The U.S. than they do here, um, or or in the UK. So they're they're really really gunning for that, and they're doing that by making playlists uh, for every single moment of your life. So are you having your morning coffee? Here's a playlist. Are you? Here's some songs to sing in the shower. Here's some songs for your commute. Oh, you're you're at work. Here's some music for concentration or studying. Here's music for the drive home. Here's music for your run or for the gym. Music to relax to. Music to fall asleep to. Repeat, and that's. And that's how they're kind of forming this this basis of just keep listening, keep passively listening. You wake up in the morning, you turn on Spotify, and if you are not, if, if 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 you're not the kind of person who wants to go and discover new things, then you can just passively let it play all day, and there will be a mood for everything. And it it's kind of fun. Like my my housemate and I, whenever we find a specific mood that um. It's yeah. it's kind of like a, a, like a, a really really freaky one that um, that happened before was I I got a um, a suggestion for PMS playlist at a very spookily accurate time of the month and I was like ha okay <laughs> that's I don't I don't like that don't yeah. do that hmm. okay. um so that that yeah that's really spooky but anyway so. It does set Spotify up. This this sort of model sets Spotify up to be a really big competitor to, to radio because you don't need to touch that dial. Whatever mood or situation you're in, there's a playlist for that. In, in, in the States, whenever I say in America, it always, I don't know, it always sounds funny. In the States, um, artists can receive up to 50% royalties from what what's being played on the radio. So if you leave the radio on all day, you're probably supporting artists better than you are if you leave Spotify on all day. And that, all of that, is if you even make it onto that playlist as an artist, and most artists don't, you might be clicking into an indie playlist, say, like a, in, indie feel-good tunes. You've, you've seen all these. The chances that you're actually going to find independent artists on that playlist are extremely slim. The chances of finding independent artists on rap playlists, hip-hop playlists, r playlists, pop playlists, extremely slim. Spotify haven't set up these playlists to help you discover new things they've set them up so that you can switch off from the pressure of choosing to listen to and and when and and why and so on and so this then this kind of algorithmically collated playlists that aren't you know gathered by a human um they have a lot of problems and we now enter the gender representation uh portion of my rant before we get to Uh, that can
1: i just ask about
2: how dare you speak over me you uh, man (laughs) 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 just (laughs) before we get to your little woman bit (laughs) no
1: No, i just i just don't want to get i meant to ask question two three minutes ago and it's got to like. Okay, with about the new music playlist stuff, right? Mm. Do you really, you said there, you made a very bold statement about, you know, Spotify doesn't care about new music. It, so, no, no, it how, doesn't how care you about just, you ha-
2: discovering new music.
1: Right, but then that's my question. Like you're looking at New Music Friday, Release Radar, Discover Weekly mm-hmm. for people like myself and yourself, who and people who listen to this podcast, who mm-hmm. will delve into music that's released every week and who want to hear new stuff and who are actively seeking music. Um, do you? I think that Spotify does a very good job for us okay. in terms of what what,
2: I'll, what I will say to you is. Spend a week listening to your Discover Weekly. So there's there's kind of two. There's New Music Friday and Just Discover Weekly. New New, new Release new Music Radar, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, new yeah. Music
1: Friday is the big you know public playlist. Everybody wants. Oh to yeah. Know on sorry. Friday. Yeah. The so Release Radar new- is like all the artists you follow. It- and yeah. then Discover Weekly is the stuff you may enjoy, which I generally yeah. don't vibe with most of the time.
2: Okay, exactly. Right. So what? What I'll say about those things are your the Discover Weekly, which is uh, uh, cu- curated algorithmically to you. How often do you do you look at your Discover Weekly and actually find a new artist that you've never heard of before? Um, out, well, out, out of the twenty tracks in that, how how how, how many tracks how many tracks or artists do you already know i'd wager it's about 15 of them i reckon there's five in i can there look at it now and i can
1: tell you how many artists i already know but i think my problem is my data is probably pretty skewed because of how i listen to it you know
2: well, well sure okay so my, my my next point on that is the artists that they are serving you in that are not they're not interested in giving you the artists that you will like the best they're giving you the artists them that that are more likely to get higher streams from people so more more successful artists they're not going to serve you in that playlist an artist who they think is only going to get a little teeny few streams because they don't have a huge following or whatever if if it's between like if it's for me say uh, if it's between like London Grammar's new song and uh An artist who I've never heard of, but who has released something this week, who would be within the kinds of genres that I listen to, who who sounds a bit like other things that I like, but it doesn't really have a following yet. They're going to give me London grammar. So that's that's what I mean when when I say that they that they're not interested in you finding new music, they're interested in you finding new music from artists that you already follow.
1: Yeah, well, maybe, I mean, that's kind of what Release Radar is supposed to be, but Discover Weekly... Uh, but that's also like, what Discover my, Weekly does. My point is about, like, I've definitely, yeah, I've heard, uh, Moody Man is on it, I've heard, listed loads of Moody Man, Viagra Boys, uh, Jane Weaver, whose album I was listening to uh, very recently, um, Kasia, who's who uh, was formerly known as... Um, what's a, a bonsai uh, is on it too. So yeah, John Grant is on it here this week. John Grant. I on. must actually do go what? and look and listen to all of those well, uh, this I've discover weekly. I've what's done. that?
2: I, it's you, my data. Oh, I made made some data.
1: But I would, you know, the other thing is is, that's been lost in our conversation here, just about the new music stuff, is that it actually does have a great effect for a new artist when they are on those playlists. I've seen with LaBoom, the band they manage, how they have been on New Music Friday, and they've got all these uh, passive plays as well. From, uh, you know, dance and and uh, uh, workout playlists and stuff like that. Yes, and you see. But my
2: my point is that they are not there because Spotify wants you to discover them. They're there because of other factors. That's my point.
1: Yeah, there's a whole other like conversation here about like you know the tapestry of how music should fit together on Spotify and how it sounds alike and how you can I'm going to get to that. that, that. Too jarring. Okay, back to your point. You're thank your, take you. Take the floor, please.
2: Okay, so. We now come to the gender representation portion of <laughs> of this podcast. Spotify is constantly under fire for kind of gender representation across playlisting in particular. I had a little look. Now I've only done two little data collections because I find data scary. Uh, one of them was a, a, a playlist that I I went into moods. I and then it was like, what what do, what kind of stuff do you want to listen to? And I clicked into rock, and the first playlist there was rock classics. Rock classics has 135 male artists on it okay and 11 women do you do you see what i'm holding up there
1: yeah that is a um
2: crossed off
1: list what do you what do you call that that uh it's, Those, it's you, it's you know when you write like five
2: five wait, uh, yeah, what is that la, called? La, like you would on a prison wall yeah, like yeah. one two three four and then a dash through 135 to 11. um there's also a really major issue, and I and I checked it with this, where if you click into the the eleven women on this, uh, if you click into their their artist profiles, the majority of their suggested artists, um, and in one or two cases, all of the suggested artists are male. Um, so related artists skewing male, whether you're listening to a woman or not. So if, if I mean, if, if you're listening to a male artist almost all of the, uh, suggested artists are, are going to be male. And if you're listening to a woman artist, it's very, very unlikely that it's going to be the majority women in, in the suggested artists. There has been a lot of studies about this that I've been reading today and I've double checked. I've checked it with like my own playlists and stuff. And I, I can also kind of throw, throw my little, my small little data set in, in into the ring there. Um, my my Discover Weekly and I, I listen to a lot of women on Spotify and I don't think that this is um, that this is this way because I don't listen to women. Um, but my Discover Weekly this week was 28 to 3 uh, okay. men to women, oh, wow. which okay, like uh, ev- even if I did only listen to men, that's unacceptable. That's that's just not. I, I've I found that really, really, really surprising. Um, and yeah. I'm, a, I'm a person who listens to a lot of female artists. So like everything else, when you find, you, you're you finding pay disparity really between men and women ingrained in the actual building blocks of the site and in, in the recommender systems and these machine learning algorithms, the money that is being doled out to independent artists will skew male because men are more likely to be played because of the way that these playlists are set up so and it's it's interesting as well when when you look at things like uh related artists things like race and gender are really taken into consideration when when recommending related artists Kind of as well as sound, but I I, I think that's really a problem because then you, you end up in a situation where black artists are being kind of lumped together in one recommendation stream, I suppose. Women in another recommendation stream, Asian musicians in another recommendation stream and not as you might actually want or understand you're listening to music actually you know grouping them by genre or label or the fact that they sound similar so it means that when when you do go onto your rock classics radio you are only going to hear men you're not going to hear very many i i i didn't do i i didn't check how many um artists of color were on the rock classics but i i think i i think there was maybe two there were no black women uh, yeah i think of the of the of the two or so male artists that were on there are uh, black artists that were on there they were men and i mean that's a problem um and then according yeah. to these data trackers um at was it buzz buzz angle music more than 99 of audio streaming is of the top 10 percent most streamed tracks which means that one percent music streaming is all of the rest of it um And I think we we have to ask ourselves why that is. And I can only conclude that is because of these algorithms that are supposedly recommending new music to us when really they're just playing us the most popular music in the genres that we've suggested that we like. So my Spotify knows that I like indie guitar music and that I like, you know, whatever it is that I like. I... I'm I'm going to be recommended new artists in in this, but really I'm only going to be recommended the top artists in, in 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 those uh in those genres. And they they will play me more men than women in those genres. And I mean you can ask yourself who who loses out in that? We all know by this stage, we like it's uh it's 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 not white men. This impacts who is given space elsewhere in the industry? Because we know from our conversations in Ireland about about radio and about Irish radio over the past year, that Irish radio stations are paying attention to streaming numbers when it comes to choosing who to play this on the radio. Uh, We also know that uh, Spotify streams and radio play also impact things like festival lineups and performances and bookings for gigs major labels are paying attention to the kinds of artists that get playlisted whether it's their own artists or or from other labels um the artists who are getting the big streaming numbers and those labels are making their business decisions according according to that. Um, J- Justin Young from the vaccines told the Financial Times that Spotify data helps them to determine set lists for for their tour shows uh, based on what songs are popular in different parts of the world in different cities. So a set list for one city might be completely different to to another city. I'm, I'm not saying that's particularly sinister in itself, but that but it 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 it's showing you the. Uh, the the impact that this new listening model is having on on actually like what music is being played and to an extent what music is being made and and it changes how we listen to music like you and i know like the the music press is is dying listeners are faced with this expanse of available music that is so overwhelming that it's simply just easier to listen to either your favorite music when you do want to engage with music or to give into a mood playlist when you don't necessarily want to be challenged. And there's no incentive to discover because you can put on your discover weekly playlist, fool yourself into thinking that you're discovering new music, but you're not, you're, you're, you're being served music collated by a biased algorithm that is by its design unchallenging. Come see the
1: bias inherent in the system.
2: Come see the bias inherent in the system. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, and so it It is important, I think, when we talk about the impact on Spotify on artists that we don't just limit the discussion to money, and I think we should broaden it to how streaming platforms actually shape cultural value so by organizing these artists like I said by gender and race so over genre or by promoting only what's popular or only what is is a uh, what what is probably going to work based on current trends um. It turns music into something that is just happening near you, you know, rather than rather than an, an experience that actually ought to be sought out. I, I will not be using the mood feature on Spotify anymore. I, I've, I've been thinking about this over the past few days while I've been kind of looking into all of this stuff. I'm not I'm not using that anymore. I don't like it it's scary to me and (laughs) I don't want to um have these kind of passive experiences anymore and so for 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 people who who would argue that they are you know discovering new music from their discover weekly playlist to that I say brilliant if you're finding new artists that's amazing but what I would maybe suggest trying is going on to Bandcamp and just just have a look at at how different the experience of discovering new music on Spotify and discovering new music on Bandcamp is, because when you discover new music on Spotify, it's very likely that it's going to be a kind of a milk toast. Like, yeah, this is easy, this is fine, this is this is something that I I'll, I'll probably like, and it's not going to challenge you very much. When you discover new music on Bandcamp you can find something that really challenges you you can find something that you have never heard before you you can find yeah you,
1: you or can, you can you know i mean go to like nylor9.com where we do all that work for you
2: <laughs> exactly well, you but, but 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 that's what i mean it's like you you can you can go and look at your favorite independent blogs or you can go and see what's on uh, what's on pitchfork this week or whatever it might be but i would i would recommend Trying to think a bit more critically about where you are discovering music. There's nothing wrong with passively listening to music. It, so, it sounds like I am giving out about passively listening to music. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But don't fool yourself into thinking you're discovering new music when you're not. When you, when you are actually, like, think about how, how many times are you being recommended a music, that a, a song that isn't in English or a song that is uh, not from the West of the world? You know what I mean? Like how how much music and what what is the scope of the music you are actually listening to and how does Spotify fit into that? Because I argue it does not fit into it at all. Um, And I think that we should abandon the moods playlists completely because it turns us into passive listeners.
1: Can I ask you a question? Am I a bad person if I create a mood playlist for myself?
2: Okay. So this is the next thing I wanted to say, because as, as, um, as some listeners will know, I make playlists on Spotify, <laughs> right? We're I make hypocrites. them and I write a, no, I don't believe it's hypocritical and I don't believe it's hypocritical when you do it, Niall, because great. <laughs> so people who, who have subscribed to my Substack, they'll know that I write a piece of personal writing and then I create a playlist that goes with that that piece of personal writing a it's not there so that people can discover new music if they want to discover new music that's great um or if if they do discover new music from it rather that's great and b it's to serve the other thing it's 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 to work in tandem c it's a human being creating it and these songs mean a lot to me and I'm curating them in the same way that I would be a um uh, a mixtape that I'm handing over to somebody. I'm not doing it as a tastemaker. I'm not doing it as um, as somebody with any influence on on what's going to happen to these artists. So it's completely different to Spotify claiming that they're going to help you discover new music or find new music. Or here's you know here's the rock classics. Like according to who? According to yeah. who are these The Rock Classics? 11 women and 135 men. Get fucked. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I enjoyed <laughs> your rant uh, immensely. <sighs>
2: I'm
1: done. I would, like to, I would like to add, yeah, thanks for also clearing me up in terms of my guiltiness. Of, of, no, of don't, no, don't feel guilty playlists. about that. I love making Not playlists. Not at all.
2: Make playlists. They're, they're amazing. And, and God, when they come from human beings, they're they're meaningful and and beautiful just don't passively put on those sunny garden tuesday afternoon playlists those are i think those are bad for our brains You're I don't bad. really, oh, well, I wouldn't
1: go near them myself, but because uh, no. I have too much music to be listened to anyway, mm. but uh, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of people. The problem is that Spotify is trying to be the answer to everybody's problem, um, or, or, you know, it's like, well, we listen to, it. that's the answer, no matter who you are, no matter what level of music you're interested in. I hate that, what I do hate about Spotify is that they've removed any of the they used to have some editorial on the browse page in terms of like new releases and stuff like that. Mm. You look at their bloody new releases nowadays. All you get is, uh, you know, Oh, here's, here's new releases. And you're like, okay, today is like AJ Tracy's album, Fred again, all the major label stuff, London grammar. And then you get down to like, they shows you singles and you're like, I don't want to see yeah. that's not a new release. That's not a or, single. A wh- single is not what a always release. comes
2: like, up on my, my new releases is like, um, Oh, this new fire track from Johann Sebastian Bach, and I'm like, like I, you should know that that's not a discovery for me. Like just because <laughs> somebody has you know re-recorded w- one of the Goldberg variations, it's not a new discovery. I don't know. I I just I, I I think their algorithm is not nearly as clever as they think it is. Um, yeah,
1: I, and it often you will in your release radar get a, a track from an artist who uh has the same name as somebody else who was the mm. one a couple of weeks ago god i'm so hilarious i wonder if i could find it i put it in the discord at the time um uh, oh is so.
2: this someone had the same name as like a huge artist and just got a, a load of streams
1: Yeah, but like, usually what happens is it goes up on the Friday and it it disappears. Oh, Danny Brown. (laughs) Mm. So it was an artist called Danny Brown, but it wasn't that Danny Brown. It was a very white Danny Brown call. And he had a a country rock song called Man Sitting in the White House. (laughs) That appeared on my release radar. I was like, what the fuck is this?
2: I mean, I I would listen to the song Man Sitting in the White House by Danny Brown. Oh, do you want to hear it? (laughs) <laughs> oh oh well oh this one yeah go on sure we haven't played any music this episode <laughs>
1: Danny Brown or Danny White which one is it <laughs> uh,
2: yeah White uh, Dan- okay. Danny White
1: Man Sitting in the White House here we go this came on I thought it was going to be Danny Brown what fuck is this well, the election
2: is over it has come and gone now there's a man in the White House <laughs> I wonder how long he is open, <laughs> <laughs> it he
1: the It's bad. <laughs> <no greater> <laughs> the
2: it He's using our taxes to kill the young board.
1: Well, he gave me a laugh anyway. Oh
2: Tire my three. god. Oh my god, Cheers. Tony Brown. Eyes. His so you, islands. you just click play on that thinking, oh, I'm so excited for this. Yeah. New Danny Brown track. And you're and like,
1: you Slight guitar all the way up. I'm like Nope. That's not happening. That's not happening. Good,
2: good for that guy. You know? Yeah. But
1: I, it is kind of hilarious when that happens. I think it happened even last week to me. Mm. I was like, this is the same name as an artist that I've, I've listened to before, but it's not who you think it is. And like mm. I think that oh, it almost happens every week.
2: Well, there not. was also those, uh. Uh, we should say uh, allegations because Spotify does deny that they've done this, but the, uh, the allegations that Spotify was, uh, uh, uploading, songs that were by like we're were commissioning songs that were not by real artists to kind of flesh out their mood playlists yeah all those uh, chill playlists
1: a lot in the like
2: chill lo-fi concentration playlists which i do dip into sometimes or i won't be anymore i'll make my own but um i have one This kind of look i'll 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 listen to your one perfect um but yeah so there was there was uh, allegations that they um they were fleshing those out with kind of not, not real music or, uh, yeah. yeah, which is, which is funny. And hmm. mm. well. won't say um, whether or not I believe it or not, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, okay. So maybe we can talk about whether there, there can or cannot be ethical music consumption under capitalism, uh, i.e. what can we do as, uh, as, as consumers? Because I think it's, it's probably unrealistic to ask people to cancel their Spotify accounts I won't be cancelling my Spotify account I will continue considering it but right now I'm not in a position where I can pay for all of the music that I need to listen to Um, and I don't actually think that streaming is necessarily a bad model but what I am going to try to do going forward is to listen to big artists on Spotify if I need to listen to Taylor Swift or anything like that I'll do that on Spotify and if I'm listening to Irish artists or independent artists or smaller label stuff I will try to do that on Bandcamp and then so when when you listen to something a lot on Bandcamp and you haven't bought it yet Bandcamp will kind of nudge you every now and then they'll send you a little email and be like hey have you thought about maybe purchasing like if you're listening to like the new Wyvern Lingo say they might send you a little email being like hey you've been listening to this do you want to maybe buy it and a lot of the time you might be like, no, can't afford that. And you cancel yeah, the there's email the one with the
1: little pop up. And it was like, now is the time to open thy wallet. And you're like, uh, uh, if you exactly. press no, it, it, it like the heart breaks. And you're like, oh, yeah,
2: no. yeah. But it's but, you know, a, a, there's there's been quite a few albums like digital albums that I've bought for like a, a few quid. That um I've bought because of those little notifications and those little emails that I wouldn't uh, that you know Spotify's not doing that Spotify's not encouraging me to uh to, to buy music it's probably it's discouraging me to buy music really so that's what I'm going to try and do going forward is I'm going to try to um, first buy buy music and listen to the music that I've bought um then listen to music on Bandcamp and other places that might give a bit more revenue to artists and then for bigger artists I can um, I can listen on, on Spotify
1: yeah we haven't even gone into the YouTube thing and I know like that like that's another big problem
2: I was I was, like, I was listening to some uh, Joanna Newsom the other day and uh, I was reading one of the comments underneath and there was a guy who was just like uh, uh, Joanna Newsom's the reason why I occasionally close Spotify and open YouTube <laughs> I was like yeah <laughs> Same. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you, YouTube might be for a different day, actually. Yeah. That's a, that's um, I will
1: one. say there's a couple of different um, alternative models that we're seeing being touted, uh, mostly small uh, fan or artist-led. There's one called Marine Snow, which was formed by the uh, guy, his name is Tony Lashley. He is a uh, founder of Marine Snow, but he's also a marketing and operations, a blonded, so there's that Frank Ocean reference again. And he is, uh, it is, hasn't launched yet, but marine-snow.co is a social uh, music platform. Um, but instead of uh, focusing on having everything uh, that exists in music, what it is, it is trying to do, or what it will try and do, I'm on a waiting list for it. I don't even know if it's it's active at the moment, but what it's going to do is going to pay artists up front to for exclusivity to be featured on the platform for uh, maybe 3 or 4 weeks so it's kind of like think or maybe a few months it's kind of like mm. maybe a curated selection of uh music that they think is worth your time whether you know that you vibe with that that's depends on what you get from it but it also has a vertical a social media social network angle as well so you can actually Mm. talk you know the way spotify took away the messaging system it used to have on the platform Mm. when people could just message you randomly um which it is taken away so that kind of social aspect they
2: they should take that away from basically everything um that (laughs) sounds that sounds good but there's also you know there's there's an issue there with um ensuring longevity with artists as well um because yeah i'm not sure how they, you know, uh,
1: but it is it is they are proposing a different sounds like a good way to
2: discover yeah if you want to listen to
1: more about uh, Marine snow you can listen to holly herndon and matt dryher's podcast interdependence and um, where they interviewed tony lashley in one of the most recent episodes about Marine snow and the idea behind it and um, also uh i mean we I will, I want to get Liz Petty on the show, um, soon, um, Liz is the writer that, uh, talked a lot about, uh, writes a lot about Spotify. She used to be actually our intern in State Magazine, uh, in Dublin, and so she's a legend, and last time I was over in New York, I actually interviewed her for the podcast about streaming and Spotify, but whatever happened is, uh, my, my recording didn't work, so we weren't able to use it, um, it was just awful quality, so, uh, I had to leave it, um, but I do mean to go and talk to her again. Obviously, she's been in a lot of um, articles about Spotify, criticizing Spotify uh, for the baffler. Um, So you can go find uh, Liz's thoughts on uh, all sorts of stuff um, about Spotify and the playlisting and algorithm and how it works and pretty much anything you can think of. Um, Also, uh, true Liz, I saw a uh, a small streaming project called Catalytic Sound uh, which is a project run by a group of 30 artists who are kind of breaking away from that the per-stream payment models by splitting the monthly artist cut from subscriptions. It's 30 ways uh, for 30 artists, regardless of the stream count. So that's catalytic sound um, that is like an experimental independent musicians who are trying to service... Um
2: so I think I know, have another p- suggestion um which is uh, at home in Ireland there's uh, I've have two suggestions for artists here. Um one is uh was suggested to me by Cullum in the Discord uh, which is Praxis um which is a new Uh, Trade Union for for Artists in Ireland, Um, it's a trading initiative, Uh, they say we define artists in the widest sense of the world, the union is committed to giving artists strategic power in their places of work and improving their living and working conditions and some of their objectives include to build a united, active and growing membership, give members a strong voice in their workplace, Improve the living and working conditions of their members. Build an arts community based on solidarity. So you you can go onto the practice praxis p or or a x i s uh website uh to see more of that. And also is uh, another option for both artists and people who want to support the music industry is to support the call for the universal basic income for artists. Um, it it, it means kind of support for all, but artists are very very good place to start i mean universal basic income is something that i personally believe should be a thing for everybody but artists uh, are a good place to start uh minister catherine martin who is the um minister for arts music the gale talk all all of that huge long list of things that she (laughs) that that poor woman was put in charge of Um, also a former music teacher and singer. She wrote a very interesting piece uh, for the journal um, about calling for a universal basic income for artists. And she highlights that you know, artists are professionals like the rest of us who need money to survive. Uh, She does highlight the work done during the pandemic by the government in terms of the live performance support scheme, as well as the additional funding um, for things like the Arts Council and Budget 2021 and the wage subsidy schemes. Um, And also there is she does head an arts and culture recovery task force, um, which in a report published last year, recommended this universal uh, basic income. Um, and just to kind of note on that the 30% of artists in Ireland make less per year than the national minimum wage um, and because of the because of the way that a lot of artists kind of work like maybe sometimes they're freelance maybe sometimes they're PAYE maybe sometimes they're completely unemployed so it's we 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 do need to tackle the problem with artists not being paid not just by looking at places like Spotify and not just by looking at you know the the market or the free market quote unquote but we need to actually look at policy and regulations that could be introduced to just make it a safer place for artists to work um and, and that comes back also, to go on
1: sorry and that comes back to the broken record idea of trying to uh, uh enshrine into a law a sort of uh regulation or fairness in terms of the record label streams and and uh uh, deals and it's all look. There's a lot of talk yeah. about fairness for artists suddenly, and uh, it's a really good thing, isn't it? I mean, just to see that all of us
2: things like Bandcamp Friday, um, and all, all of these things are are brilliant, and we should absolutely be supporting them. But it also does highlight the need for kind of good faith actors in the free market, which is not really a place that we really want to be. Bandcamp are under no obligation to make sure that their artists are financially supported. We're happy that they do that, but there's no. No one is putting that onus on them. They're doing it because they're they're a sound group of people until there's proper regulation by governments who support their homegrown talent. We are absolutely at the, at the mercy of the markets. It starts with universal basic income. It also needs to be a support system in place to support independent radio to support music journalists and blogs, arts journalism, live performances. Spotify is a major issue, but it's not the only one. And it's far from being the biggest enemy of the artist in this conversation and the biggest enemy of the listener in this conversation. It's an example of, you know, capitalism working well. And we have to ask ourselves if that's the kind of world that we want to live in. Redistribute the wealth. That's that's my last. And also, if you can't afford to support artists, then tell your friends about them, like post about them on social media. There's nothing like getting a text from a friend being like, hey, here's a band I think you'll like. Nobody hates those texts. Everyone loves those texts. They're the best texts. So do that. Like text a friend who's never heard of Pillow Queens and just send them the Pillow Queens album on Bandcamp and they might buy it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, gigs will come back and, you know, I'm getting a bit of a flutter by putting some money down on some gigs especially from the Irish artists uh, uh who are announcing gigs at the moment and uh, so do that as well you give yourself something to look forward to and uh, I
2: had a uh, a gig ticket come in the post yeah me too me I too. was like oh what was w- what was yours for
1: uh it might be for the same thing because uh, it, it was for dry training
2: dry cleaning in the bottom factory yay. Yay. yay okay i will see you there yeah, um i i had to like I, it was there and i was holding it and i was like oh my god i have to keep this safe until 2022 so i just like put it in a drawer I told my housemates i was like okay next year when i'm freaking out trying to find this ticket please remember that it's in this drawer
1: yeah i always put it in my bedside locker if,
2: if, uh, there you go if you're you ever burglaring nile that's <laughs> that's that's where the real wealth is <laughs>
1: All right, uh, well, thanks for everybody for joining us for sure. on this uh, chat about uh, streaming and Spotify and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. I'm and do a,
2: send us your thoughts. I'd like to hear that is what you have to say about that. Yeah, it's Yeah, me. yeah.
1: Um, and, like, if you are on the Patreon, do sign up to the Discord. There's an invite link in your emails there. Um, we're having great chats, as I said. Uh, you know, I don't ruin it too much by telling everybody what we're talking about, but, like, it's been a lovely, for me, I find it, it's been a lovely space for, to have an office almost. It's like my virtual office. Yeah. Uh, drop in there, talk about whatever you want. And, uh, yeah. the fact that it's a live chat that isn't on Twitter or anything like that in private, it's been really, really good. Um, uh, Sutton, who on, on our um uh Discord shared uh, that I would not seen it before, but the story of a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton, uh, the voice yeah. uh, documentary, uh, which they also have one about Shaggy, uh, the Tong Song, and uh, Eiffel sixty five Blue, which is worth to watch. So I watched that last night. Um, so um, yeah, lots to watch there, and uh, you have some recommendations there as well, um, which I have to add and watch um in the next few days. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, of the, a few. yeah. So there's a couple of those. Great. Okay. Um, we'll be back, uh, in the next uh, week or so. And, um, yeah, that's it from us. Thanks for listening and, uh, take care. You can always tell people about us as well. That was always appreciated. Thanks. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, do that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> do that. Because we 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 did well on on streams and uh, downloads and stuff last week, so appreciate that. So keep going. Yeah, the, on
2: and, and the week when I hardly say a word and everyone's like, <laughs> "Oh, what a great podcast episode!" Yeah, I'm it's not only gonna read the too infectious nature
1: of Italo Disco.
2: I, I yeah, that one hundred percent. That yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. That.
1: All right. See bye. you next week.
2: Bye bye.